This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and you are feasting your ears on the Busted Wide Open podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag series, episode number 28. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and yes, welcome to the show where our patrons give us questions and we answer them. And if you'd like to have your questions answered on this show, it's easy. Head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up for one of our lovely Patreon tiers Mm. where not only do you get some cool stuff, but you also get to ask questions on this here show and hear us rack our brains trying to come up with answers to them. Uh, It's a pretty open format, too. We... Talk about, we mostly do wrestling, but we just a couple times we do other yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. We have fun with it. We hopefully dabble. you guys have fun too. And uh, hopefully it's fun to listen to. But if, again, if you want to do more than listen, head over to patreon.com. And by the way, everyone who's already signed up on Patreon, all of our wonderful patrons, thank you all the love from the deepest part of the cockles of our hearts because you guys are the reason this show continues to go on. And that is awesome for us. And hopefully it's <sighs> awesome for you too. So thank you, yes. thank you, thank you. To all of you guys and all of our future patrons and all of you listeners out there as well. Yes. All of you listening yes. to this, uh, you too could ask your questions every single week at just yeah. five, just $5 a month. You can get your chance. Not only that, but copies of the show notes for every single episode to read along with as you're going through it, if you so desire. Bonus episodes such as uh, Nick Booking, and I wanted to wait till this show to address that uh, if I can real quick. Thank you guys so much for understanding this week. Uh, all of you $10 and up patrons, uh, I needed a minute. I just needed a minute, and we're, we're going to be right back. Uh, I wasn't in the right headspace. I want to make sure that's going to be the best that it possibly can be. So to all of the patrons out there, thank you guys for all your words of encouragement and your understanding, and, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have some fun with that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, That fun. is a promise. If you thought 1.0 yeah. was crazy. Oh, God. Oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> you guys are going to need to be buying. I, actually, I think I'm going to take all the, the Patreon money for April, and give it to Sir Ian Dangerous again, because he's going to need to restock his tequila cabinet after next Thursday's episode. I am not ready. Yeah. I am not ready for this. Yeah, you guys are not ready. Uh, but today we are doing the mailbag, our questions from all of our listeners. By the way, bwopodcast.com or links in the description below here on YouTube for all of our stuff. You guys probably know what all of it is, but if you don't, the links to all of our social media stuff and bwopodcast.com can get you sorted out. Get in the Discord. It's a lot of fun. That's where the That's the place to be right now. First up on today's Patreon mailbag, Gerardo Garcia asks, Nice. Cast 
Tiger King using WWE superstars. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I got to remember who all was on Tiger King. Uh, okay, start with Joe Exotic. Who's who's Joe Exotic? Who do we cast as? I mean, who uh, who is the Tiger King? I don't know who I want to put that voodoo on, Ricky Bobby. I don't he, I don't he, know he, that I want to damn anybody anybody in WWE. I'm just thinking who could play him. Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, <laughs> I I like, see it. He had the mullet. I see it, and the kind of like weird craggy face. Yeah, I see. It. I mean. He's literally twice the size of Joe Exotic physically, but that would make it funnier. I'm drawn to Hogan because he had the same kind of mustache for a while, you know. I, but it wouldn't work. Uh no, nah, not Hogan. Maybe, um, maybe superstar Billy Graham, Jimmy Graham, um, Billy Graham. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Mar- the next one I was going for, Marshall just said in the chat, Enzo Amore. Enzo's probably pretty close. Uh, Enzo's. Oh, that's a pretty good one too. He's very Jersey though. Yeah. He's very New York, but I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say he's a good enough actor. He could put on a accent, but what about yeah, visual, um, visually? What about Doc Antle? Bray Wyatt. Bhagavad <laughs> or whatever the hell he is. Baga, Baga, Bhagaram Antle. Bray Wyatt. All the freaking way. <laughs> Only oh with like weird, God. creepy sexual stuff, too. <laughs> Um, there's a polygamist that only marries like 19 year old girls. Like, I don't want to, again, I don't want to put that voodoo on the WWE I'm just talking superstars. physically, physically he could play him bigger uh. guy talks like talks, like can talk his head off. Oh, I'm just saying, um, I have an easy one. John Finley, the, his first, his like meth head boyfriend with no, with no teeth. Yeah. Batista all day long. He looks like a Batista that got left out in the sun too long anyway. Like, it's just, it's it's there. It casts yeah. itself. It's it's an easy one with the tribal tattoos and all of that as well. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It casts itself. Not that I've uh, never done anything that silly. No, never. Before. <laughs> um, his new boyfriend, by the way, even when I was watching the show, his new boyfriend, the one that's still with him when he's in jail, Chad Gable, all day long. Looks like Chad Gable. Yeah, he no, does. he does. That's that's kind of all right. The um, one the one that we're waiting for here in the grand finale, Carol Baskin. That bitch. Uh, um, mm, that's a tough one. Vicky Guerrero with a blonde wig. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh. Uh, Luna Vachon, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Vicky with the wig. Yeah. Yeah. Vicky with the Vicky's wig. She's probably the best one. Yeah. I, I just what want about, everything to be Nia's fault. What about her? <laughs> you want a Nia Jax. What about, uh, what about Howard Baskin, the new, like, milk toast husband? Oh, John Laurinaitis. Oh, God, totally. Yes. Oh, God. Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace. He's so, he's so like, and it's not even in the face. It's like the he's lanky and it just creepy in the way that he moves. It's like the tall man. He's kind of got that oh. kind of weird movement, right? He's Angus Scrim. Oh, God. 
<laughs> you're just Dude. waiting for the the ball to and just come out and stab you in the head when you're around those two. What Good. about? Oh um, God, they're gross. What was oh. the name? the The guy who the guy who was doing the reality show on Joe Exotic, the 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 former. Like the the reality show dude, the uh, producer uh, Rick guy. Kirkham. The, Rick Kirkham. Rick Kirkham. Yeah. Rick Kirkham. I was seeing Jim Cornette for him. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else was on the show. Okay, well Jeff Lowe. I don't have anybody for Jeff Lowe off the top of my head because he's just he's just so goddamn creepy. He's terrifying. Uh, Scotty too hottie. <laughs> No. The bandana, the cap. I'm telling you. Visually. Oh, yes. Yeah, but, visually, uh, Scotty too hottie. No. Maybe like Raven. Google him. Look him up. Look at a picture when he had the bandana and there everybody in the mid 2000s. Everybody was wearing bandanas on their head and Ed Hardy shit and the hat, the caps on top of the bandanas. I maybe Shane like Douglas. Jeff Lowe's stuck in 2003. Shane, <laughs> Shane Douglas, uh, he's not serial killerish enough. Like I, I looked at I looked at Jeff Lowe and was like, that dude has killed people with his with himself. Like that guy is that guy is the most terrifying guy in the show to me. I don't. Who? Okay, we can't spend Jeff too much Lowe time. Is? Like we, what's up? Who Jeff is? Lowe? Yeah, oh, Jeff yeah. Lowe oh, scared yeah. the crap out of me. Oh yeah, that that's a sinister dude. Anyway, yeah. So there we go. There you go, <laughs> Gerardo. Like <Tiger> King wrestlers. <laughs> 2020 uh, continues to be a banner year. Next up, we got uh, uh, Martin from over in the UK. How are you, sir? Thank you for your message, by the way, Marshall or uh, uh, Martin. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, can you think of three wrestlers from NXT that would do really well on Raw or SmackDown and three wrestlers that should never leave NXT? Johnny Gargano should never leave NXT. He'll get murdered on the main roster. Can you imagine? Um, also fish and O'Reilly, I don't think would do well on the main roster. O'Reilly, maybe fish. No, O'Reilly would have I, Steve Blackman syndrome in my opinion. Yeah. And Adam Cole should never leave NXT. I don't think he would translate no. it. I think he's, well, way no, he's way too small. Well, I mean, the, the I'm not going to say that work, about Adam Cole. I, I think know, Adam man. Cole could do well. Uh, I think maybe. Keith Lee should go up yesterday. Yes. I think Keith he could Lee. do magnificent. And also give him give him a little bit like they've got to clean up his gimmick, but Damian Priest, I think, would also be a guy that. Well, I don't know. That, he would if, certainly if he benefit from the larger Tron and the production value of that. But I also yeah. want to I also want to stipulate here, Martin. I'm in the situation we're currently in. None of these would really work that well. Yeah, no, or not any now. Different when get, with empty arenas in the performance center. When things get back to normal. Yeah. That's how we're, that's how I'm taking this as well. Like, who's gonna uh, have a huge pop when they come out? Who's gonna ha- who's gonna benefit from a large Tron and some pyro? Well, but who, also, like, what I'm thinking is, who is Vince gonna look at and go, "I can work with this guy." Who's he gonna give a push to? Who's he gonna take care of? Who is gonna flop? And who do you think will actually succeed? Will they will they get behind? I think they'll get behind Keith Lee. I think that Damian Priest they could conceivably get behind, but he's also I see I think he's fifty fifty, but I don't think he should stay in NXT. I think that he's he's Got to get also because the age. He's they got to get. Yeah, him he's the main he's roster. running short on time. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I disagree with you on Adam Cole. I, like, yeah, seriously, I, could, I, I, could, I think I could, he could, could between his promo ability, his ability to work the crowd with the Adam Cole babies, like the, he would sell a ton of merch. He, sh- I, 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 I will, I will, I will admit, it's not that he should never leave NXT. And I guess that was the question: is who should never leave NXT? Like Roderick Strong should never leave NXT. No. 
Um, Adam Cole, you're right. There is a chance he could get over on the main roster. A slim chance, but a chance. But it's basically all of the uh, like how they how they say vanilla midgets. Like they don't do well on main roster, and so I worry for all of them. Big dudes, I believe, have more of a chance. I, there was once upon a time, Nick, we did a bonus episode. Who like who we thought had the highest ceiling on main roster? Like yeah. We took ten NXT superstars and we're like, who do we think's going where? What do we think their ceiling is on on main roster? And for the most part, the ones that have been called up, we were right. Um, or at least close. Nikki, unfortunately, he, suffered from the de- deconstruction of sanity and that complete failure of a call-up. Yeah, but um, she's doing better than any of them She's did. the women's tag team champion. I heard a rumor that Killian Dane was released. I wasn't able to report it on the show because it's not confirmed, but he also yeah. was moved to the the not didn't exist the, the non-section, Damn. taken off the PC site. Blah! Sasha Banks. So hopefully Killian's still in the company, but we don't know for sure yet. That has not been confirmed. But... Yeah, ag- agreed. Nikki survived. Yeah. But, you know, had to completely change what she was playing. Maybe not completely. She's still playing, like, amped up, but not crazy. I'm trying to think of a woman in NXT currently. Shayna's obviously, like, right now, I'm I'm still 50-50 on if they know what they're doing with Shayna. Let's see what happens at Money in the Bank in a couple of weeks. But I, I'm not sold yet that they know what they're doing with Shayna Baszler. Yeah. I'm trying I'm to think worried. of any woman that I would be like, oh, you got to put her on main roster. She'd be, she'd be great. And I don't know. Bianca was the one I was like, put her on the main roster yesterday. And I got, I got what one. do you know? Shotzi. I was gonna say, I knew you were gonna say Shotzi. I don't think Vince is gonna get her. Vince is gonna be like, it's another Ruby Riot. Ruby's already got the green hair on main roster. She's too close to Shotzi right now. I like, wonder. Now I wonder if that was a safety Shotzi. thing that she saw when she was coming back because she used to have the red hair. Yeah. I wonder. I, wonder if a, if she, I see that Shotzi girl blocked, down there with a green hair. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna steer in front of her a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe. I see you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a good batch. Um, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in NXT right now that are hit or miss. Like you could, uh, Nick, they I, could come out and knock it out of the park, and they could come out and just uh, just fail as, miserably. Esme, Esme just called you out on something. I think. What's that? You didn't say anything about your former girl, Tony Storm, um, on main roster. I'm trying to move on. I know it's I know it's I know it's rough for you to talk Sol- about. Solidarity it. is is difficult. Um, Even though you were the one that pulled the trigger on that, I did. It still does. It still you're regretting it. It stings. Well, breakups are hard. Even regrets. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you're in that you're in that phase where like you kind of like every time you get drunk you want to text her again and yeah, you know. Like maybe something will happen. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I feel like Otis sometimes. <laughs> Better to feel like Otis than to look like Otis. But yes, I, th- I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty good. Uh, well, I don't know. Now Valter would get taken apart on the main roster too. Never mind. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 So yeah, I think the Imperium thing could work on the main yeah. roster. Uh, it's a little too. Mm, it's a little too close to that gray area line of of uh, I don't want to say the the, the other n word on air, um, the four letter version, but I, I I feel like it's it's brushing up a little too close to that sort of we'll say Aryan side of the world. What? Yeah, it's like, it could be a little uncomfortable in the mainstream. I don't I That's- don't. 
I don't want to. I don't. Know They've if done that would a very work. good job, I think, over there of being like, it's not what, it's not that, it's this. He's Austrian. This is about being. It's about perfection in the ring. It's not. I, I, I know what you're saying. It can seem like fascism. Yes. Very easily. They've done a pretty good job so far of defining it as not that. Would that, I was worried about would, that too. Like, would that their make it though? Yeah, I think we talked about that off air one time. We're like. Is this going to be yeah. okay on TV? <laughs> I like, think it's what I'm worried about more is Vince looking at it and saying, how do I simplify this and just going with the simplest thing, which is let's make them fascists. And that's just no Vince. No, 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 no. For, that's wanna, the wrong keep, kind of foreigner heat, dude. <laughs> yes. Keep them away. Keep them away from Vince and, and that. And that uh, kind speaking of, of the UK, I want to call out. Uh, I think, I think people like Mastiff, I think some big boys, yeah. Um, would give them a little bit of a hat tip as well. I think they, you know, you've got some big boys over there. You got some, yeah. some big old ham hocks that would probably do if, really well in the main roster. If they, if they cleaned up Dijak's character too, I think he'd, Vince would look at him and be like, who is this? Yeah. Yeah. Who's this guy? Indeed. Like Thank you very much, Martin. Uh, next mm-hmm. up, Jardy, also over in the EU. Uh, hey guys, hope everybody's doing great. Did you guys have the time to watch the Netflix shows and what did you think of it? Um, no, I'm afraid I no. I we have failed you. I'm sorry. Um, the, I, big, I, the big show show I've heard decent things about, but it's so far down the laundry list of my priority list. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch the main event because of all the cameos and uh, see them actually like see all the people acting. Like that's yeah. one that's it's high on my list. I still hadn't watched the Edge 24 documentary. I had to watch that first. God, I am so far fired. behind. I haven't even watched Stone Cold and Ric Flair yet. Like that's how fired. Ah! Oh, I'm sorry. I was busy watching all the regular shows this week and catching um, up on everything and watching everything. Yeah. I could go, <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to keep up with the Edge 24, the Stone Cold interview. I've watched that twice now, by the way. Um, and I, I'm trying to keep up with Dark Side of the Ring as well. Um, so, yep. so yeah, yep. there's some other stuff out there that. And and the funny thing is, I say every week, Saturdays are always my catch up night. So as soon as I'm done editing and posting the shows tonight around. 10 to midnight, somewhere around there, I usually go watch about four hours of wrestling programming that I didn't get to catch for the week. And that'll yeah. be Dark Side of the Ring. That'll be anything that's on there. And yeah, I, may, I might watch an episode or two of Big Show Show tonight yeah. um, just so I can let you know next week what I think. But yeah, a lot of stuff to catch up on. Um, it's on the list. It's on sure. my list still yeah. to watch them. I'm sorry. We were, I know we were supposed to get it done by this week for you, Jardy, but it's it's coming. It's coming. Gonna get, his, it. Uh, Gonna get it, it done. His second question was my um what are we what are some really good rivalries between polar opposite superstars like Jeff Hardy versus CM Punk? Thank you for always making my day. Ooh. Um between po- polar, polar opposite, opposite in style. Star? Well, I mean the the straight edge versus drugged out Jeff Hardy. Well, that was pretty unique. Um yeah. I mean, you could say Daniel Bryan versus the Authority. You know, the little the the little vegan versus the big slick corporate thing. Stone Cold versus McMahon, yeah. right? The beer swollen redneck versus the corporate overlord, over overlord, overlord, overlord. Um, anytime you had, you know, the American versus the foreigner, uh, Hogan yeah, versus Iron Sheik kind of thing. Yeah, right. They're that that's playing off of polar opposites. Mick Foley versus Undertaker. You know. Mick Foley versus The Rock, another one where it's a slob versus and, a slick guy. Yeah, the whole Rock and Sock connection thing. Like, that was why the Rock and Sock connection ended up working so well when they finally yeah. became a tag team was because it was the odd couple. Yeah, right. Exactly. They were they were it polar was opposites. Mindy, you, had, you know, right. You had Mick who was being presented as a total slob, 
And even when he was trying to curry favor with the corporation, um, you know, he couldn't figure out how to dress up. The tie was always askew. He had the button-up shirt, but it was always kind of untucked. That's where that man, that look of mankind, came from with the with the tie and the shirt. He's never lost after that. He didn't go back to his old, uh, you know, poop brown tights. Um, but it's it's, you know, it, it was contrasting that with Rock and his five hundred dollars shirts was so much fun. That's what made it great. Well, James in the chat said Ray Mysterio versus the Great Kali. <laughs> yeah, I still remember when Kali was crushing his head and Ray just started bleeding like out of the nose and mouth. That was that was that was awesome. That was probably one of the greatest cells of Kali I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I'm stumped. I'm trying to think of more that aren't that aren't snarky. <laughs> I almost gave with some snarky ones. Stark is okay. Uh, I was going to say, you know, Jinder versus Randy. Uh, a guy who cares very much with no talent versus a guy with a ton of talent doesn't care. <laughs> I see what you did there. I'm going you. to hell. I'm going yeah. to hell. I, I, I have a soft spot for Jinder. Come on. <laughs> I, that was me. Uh, I, I still hope he finds his way into Money in the Bank so he can go challenge Drew or, or be a fly in, in Drew's ear for the next few mm-hmm. months. I, I, I just, that's tasty to me. There's a story there, and I like story. So, uh, thank this you very is, this much. Is, this is one that this is one that's going to come back around, and, and later I'm going to be like, "Oh God, yeah, that one." Um, oh, uh, no, it's gone. It's gone again. All right, oh, well, that'll, that'll that'll come back around for me. That's a good one to. Uh, one of you guys start a thread in the in the discussion. Yeah, uh, that's a good odd, one to chat odd. about. What are some polar opposite superstars like Hardy versus Punk? Uh, yeah. What are some of your Polar greatest feuds. feuds like that? Thank you yeah. very much, Jardy. Hope you guys are okay over there in the EU. You and Martin both in the UK. Uh, Will, James, next. Ask, guys, I'm scared. I'm not sure if I heard correctly, but I believe commentary mentioned... Oh, oh boy. So, for the record, I hadn't read these yet. Right? Uh, so, I'm just now reading this. I'm not sure if I heard correctly, but I believe commentary mentioned that Triple H never won... Money in the bank when transitioning from talking about his 25 year appreciation next week and the money in the bank match. How would you feel if he won it? He might this be. Year? A, yeah, I'm guessing that's what he's asking. What if last year was Brock Lesnar, this year Triple H? Are you kidding me? He might be a good rub for Drew or Braun if they book that right. Eh. Eh. But I just feel like Marks everywhere will raise the most hell if that happens. Yes, I would. Yeah, uh, yeah I would. Yeah. I, I would. Because it would be another example of why does he need the briefcase? You could you could have Triple H give the rub to these guys by yep. just booking an angle, just write it, and the briefcase could go somebody to somebody else who needs it, who needs that rub, who needs to have that moment where they're a big deal and push them. You can have Triple H put over somebody and not win Money in the Bank. And they've had how many money in the banks now that have been the wrong call? Almost Braun in a didn't row. need it. Brock didn't need it. Baron Corbin didn't use it. They, like no, it, they flubbed that. Baron was a perfect one to win, in my opinion, especially I, that, at that time. Theoretically, yes. Uh, the, the, where he was at in his career, he was kind of an underdog, but he still had, you know, on any given day, that person could potentially cash in. And, and he was kind of that shit heel anyway that was kind of perfect to cash in and not care about taking it away from somebody. But the way that they executed his failed cash-in with Cena distracting him. Well, it was just dumb. Why would you put that evil out there, Will? Why would you do that? Oh, now God. you give him ideas. You know he listens. 
You're giving him ideas. Uh, I'm going to be sweating on that one for the next two weeks. I know. <laughs> Jesus. He's, I mean, it makes sense he'd be in the corporate towers. He just shows up at the top. Oh, God, no. Ugh. Hey, thanks, God. Will. No. Oh, God. Um, here's the thing. If he did it, I would, I would roll my eyes really hard. I would think it was a bad decision. But at the same time, I'd be like, all right, where are you going with this? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be, I'd be it curious. Would, it wouldn't torpedo the boat. It would just, it'd be like, instead of torpedoing the boat, it'd be like everyone farted at the same time. It would stink. Yeah. It'd but be it the same the reaction show. we had to Lesnar winning. It'd be the same reaction we had to Braun. It'd be the same reaction uh, we had to, uh, you know, Alexa yeah. Bliss didn't need to win Money in the Bank. You know, Carmella was an interesting one. Yeah. You know, so, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it, it would stink, but I don't know, it'd be, yeah. you know whatever. Thanks, it would it, it wouldn't be... For putting that voodoo out there, Rick. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, next up, Abraham asks: Will wrestling come back stronger than ever once this whole pandemic is over? Uh, is there a chance it can hurt the business in some way? If so, how? Big time. They can yeah. big time hurt the business. You have people that can't work out right now. They can't train right now. Uh, there's a lot of companies that are going under right now because they can't afford to pay their bills. This is gonna. This is gonna be a major upset in wrestling it's going to make it so that there's a lot of indies that go out of business and and possibly are don't come back i think more will rise up in their place but it's going to take a while yeah this is not something that's going to end this summer like you know they're gonna there's going to be a moratorium on public gatherings for a while this is not going away anytime soon um so yes this is going to affect wrestling there's going to be ripples that that you know expand outwards from this for years to come possibly even a decade or more, I think. Um, however, it also in some ways may help the business. I think it's making people appreciate certain aspects of it. I think that it's helping the companies look at how they present their product and think about it in creative ways, ways that may stick around when they come back. The fact that they're starting to do more and more of these cinematic matches is, and getting good at it, by the way, is something that may in the long term benefit wrestling. You know, Nick, one of the things, one of, one of the reasons why you and I always proselytize about Lucha Underground was because of their presentation. It was a really cool way to present wrestling. It was very cinematic. It was very entertaining. It was very exciting. And it was a way that we were like, why don't they do this kind of look and feel and backstage segment in the major companies? Like, this is good stuff. And now they are more so yep. because they're forced to. So it's, could it hurt wrestling? Yes. Could it help? Yeah. I, I think I think there's downsides and upsides to it. It has forced um, them into a position of thinking outside the box and being creative. Yep. And yeah. creative types like this thrive in that kind of environment. And it, because it, it for, look at what we got at WrestleMania. Two, two of the awesomest things I've ever seen at a WrestleMania between the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. And there are mm -hmm. people out there that say, fuck you, that's killing wrestling. And, Cornet, and, and I'm like no, it's not. It's it's not. It's, it's it's a Calm modern down. take on a choreographed yeah. experience. Yeah, and, we're and we're I'm, in a we're at a buffet, man. We can have yeah. we can have the steak section. We can have the seafood section. You can have your steak if all you want is steak. Fine, go watch NWA. You can have your steak. Yeah. I can be over there at the dessert section, or I can go to the sushi bar. Yeah, sushi and real food, sushi killing cuisine. Really? Because I really love sushi, and I thought su the sushi they have this buffet was fantastic. So you stick to your damn steak. 
We can have both and still it doesn't ruin the buffet, Cornette. Damn. (sighs) I I think the the benefits of this outweigh the negatives. Uh, Sure, it sucks right now. Uh, Six months from now, let's have this conversation again and see where we're at. But I I don't know. We got a lot of pay-per-views. We got SummerSlam in there. A lot of stuff going on uh, between now and then. And we'll we'll see what happens. But we're just going to stay positive. We're going to keep watching our wrestling shows. And hopefully they pull out some pretty cool stuff between WrestleMania and what they've got pitched for Money in the Bank now. I'm I'm certainly intrigued. I'm eating it up. I, I agree. I think they're doing the best they can with what they've got. Um, uh, you know, whether you can debate whether or not it is safe or good that WWE is still producing shows the way that they're doing it. But at the same time, if they're going to do it, at least they're, I think, putting their best foot forward with it as, as much as they can. Can you imagine, though, Nick, how rabid these crowds are going to be once we're able to come back to live shows? Yes. We I, have in fact, crowds. one of the things I was thinking of was have a pseudo-mini WrestleMania event once you get the all-clear, advertise the hell out of it, promote the hell out of it, make it a big, massive card, and it's the first Raw back from quarantine. First, oh, God. Oh, Bill the Saw Silverdome be... with 100,000 people. <laughs> the first time that Drew McIntyre oh. comes out with a championship in front of a crowd of people, it's going to be molten. It's So many of these guys. Like, you like, want to oh, do some stuff in imagine? Florida? Yeah, fill up Tampa with 85,000 people. Woo! I mean, you know, you know, one of the bars I work at is an Irish bar. We had to miss St. Patrick's Day, the biggest day of the year for us. Literally, I call it World War III because every year I work 20-plus hours at that bar in one day. My record is 30 hours straight because it's so insane. It's so insane. And this year we had to skip it. But maybe for the, maybe for the best, it was going to be on a Tuesday. It yeah. was actually ended up being a rainy day. So probably wouldn't have been that good of one anyway. But guess what? When we come back, we're doing what's called a mulligan day for the Irish bar. And it's basically going to be St. Patty's Day Part 2 that we didn't get. And I guarantee it's going to be more insane, if, as insane if not more insane than what a Saint, that St. Patrick's Day would have been. Yep. It's going to be freaking insane because people are going to want to go nuts. I'm actually worried we might have to get ambulances to carry people out of there. So, yeah, it's going to be nuts when wrestling comes back. Yep. So hopefully, hopefully let's look at the positive and say that, yes, when it comes back, when the audiences come back, when things get back to normal, it might end up being better, even though... I think we're going to have definitely going to lose some stuff in the interim. I think even that will heal, will come back in time. It's not going to destroy the industry. Yeah, 10 so. years from now, we're going to look back on, yeah, you guys remember that six months we were kind of locked down in 2020? Yeah, that sucked. Oh, that was weird, wasn't it? That hey, how about WrestleMania this year? It's going, to be a, it's going to be a blip in the grand scheme. I got a lot of sleep. So it's going to take us a while to get to the point where we can go back out there confidently, unmasked, and all of that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think, uh, yes, crowds are going to be rabid to come back. Fans are going to be more, I think, more appreciative of the workers. I think that's an unintended side effect of this is that people like yourself that work in the services industries and the hospitality industries that are out there, we're all of a sudden going to have this appreciation for them all over again. I hope. I hope so, too. I hope. I hope so. Uh, and at the last thing I'll say here is that we're going to the, wrestling's learning some stuff along the way as they're mm-hmm. having to deal with this, too, that are going to stay around for a, the long haul such as these more cinematic type of yeah. matches. And I'd like so, to think so. I, I, I hope some of that sticks around, plus we get all the other stuff back too. So win-win. Uh, win, it win. sucks right now, but I think we could come out of this on the... Win-win-win-win. Uh, win, win, win. Thank you, Abraham. All I do is win. 
Next up, Billy asks, uh, good afternoon, my friends. Sorry for the long post, but I have two questions. All right. Hmm. Firstly, how are you? Happy, healthy, sane? We're here for you. Two out of three ain't bad? Yeah. uh, Two out of three ain't bad. I'll leave it at that. Yes. You Uh, can figure out which one's which. Good good way to put (laughs) it. Uh, we are here. Uh, secondly, taking away all biases and just looking at the facts, have you seen a wrestler as unlucky as Roman Reigns? What? He's he's got a hear me out portion here. Okay. After, <laughs> okay. After a red hot debut, he was chosen when Daniel Bryan, uh, the hardest man to hate for hot, uh, discredited due to his family lineage, bad booking, stop and go, stop start booking. Uh, failed drug test that he handled in the most professional way possible. No one, uh, but not one, but two bouts of leukemia. Uh, and when he finally have him in a spot where he can be accepted as champion and top guy, there's a viral pandemic sweeping the globe, making it unsafe and unwise to even compete. I just don't recall a wrestler with such bad luck that was completely out of his hands. Stay safe, all of the phenomenal ones. Uh, you make an interesting point. I hadn't really put it all to together. Um, I I honestly think that they would find a way to still continue to involve him during this time if he also wasn't taking some paternity leave because I think that until this week we didn't know but he knew he had to have known for months now um, that this was coming. I um, I can't say that I can call Roman Reigns unlucky. He's had some he's had some setbacks, but. Yeah. Compared to, I mean, you know who the unlucky, like the really unlucky wrestlers are? The ones you don't hear of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of guys out there who've really had some bad breaks. Um, the ones that get buried literally. because Roman Reigns is getting yet another program with someone for, and another, yet another title opportunity. And Yeah, you know. I mean, the, the number of chances that Roman's had, it's hard to think of him as unlucky. If they ain't got him um, over yet, has, I don't think they're going to, but to be honest for, with you. For example, I'll give a great example. A guy who I think is far unluckier than Roman Reigns. Wade Barrett. Okay. Another guy who got a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances, but man, do they keep just not working out for him. Yep. Right. Nexus. John Cena destroys them. Uh, gets injured. Um, yeah, so he didn't get to go to WrestleMania. Um, had the be- you know, best thing he ever had was King Barrett. The bad news. I'm oh, sorry. Bad news. Barrett. Yeah. Right. It became King Barrett. It was a flop. Ultimately leaves WWE, ends up doing World of Sport, that flops. Goes to Lucha Underground. He's revealed as the big bad guy at the end of, of season four. Canceled. He's over in NWA right now. Pandemic hits. Canceled. So you want to talk about a guy who just can't catch a break, I give you Wade Barrett. Yeah. Um, and he didn't get all the chances that Roman did. You know what I mean? He got a lot of chances, but all of them were half-hearted. They were half-assed. He did not get the super push. Um, whereas Roman has consistently bounced back yep. and been at the top of the card. And will again. So so how about this? How about this? I'll I'll give I'll give Billy this. Has Roman had a bunch of bad luck stuff, like really big tragic stuff? Like like he said, two bouts with leukemia, um, stop start booking. Yes, he has been I, I will absolutely grant you, he's had some really bad luck. He's had some bad breaks. You know what else he's had? A whole lot of good breaks and a whole lot of support from the company, and a whole lot of luck as well. So, yeah, he's really unlucky. He's also really lucky. Yeah. Fortunate so, might be a better word than fortunate. lucky. Fortunate. 
There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a difference between guys who are straight up unlucky and life just keeps kicking them in the teeth. And then there's guys that life keeps kicking them in the teeth, but they also, you know, life's also giving them silver spoons. So. You don't you don't have the Rock and John Cena come out and lift somebody's hand and point them point at them as anno- anoint <laughs> them yeah. as oh. the next one uh, <laughs> and call that unlucky. Right. I think that's where I'm landing. He's been very fortunate. Uh, it's yes. un- it's unfortunate that he's had to deal with the the IRL stuff that he's had to deal with. Um, flopped out of, flopped out of football, but luckily I've got a wrestling background I can fall back on. And I'm going to go there and be pushed to the moon because of my family connections and my look. That's pretty damn lucky. Yeah. Some guy, I mean, he could have been born looking like James Ellsworth with a predilection for young girls like Ellsworth. Yeah. That's pretty unlucky. With no chin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much, Billy. Great question. Hope you're doing safe out there too, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, next up, Rob. Well. Dubstep Rob. Hey, gents. Uh, thanks for all the amazing content over the past couple of weeks. I'm not a gamer. Your information on 2K20 made me curious about video game development. Okay. <laughs> what is the I'll cost? Sit, I'll sit back while Nick takes over this one. Yeah. What is the cost to develop a game like, I'm assuming you mean WWE 2K20. Um, who bears that cost, WWE or the developer? What kind of profit are they doing on a successful game? Is it simply a licensing agreement with WWE? Yes. Do the performers get a piece? Yes. Uh, I guess if you could just talk a little about the video game industry, I'm interested. Best pot of them all, loving it, Dubstep Rob. Uh, several questions in here, so let me go through them real quick. Um, First what's of all, the thank co- you, Rob. What's the co- yeah, great question. What's the cost to develop a game like WWE? So if you go and look at 2K games, it's kind of their MO to license properties from uh, for big sports, inter- like the NFL, like the NBA, NBA. Like WWE, they go and they do a deal. They sit down at a giant boardroom table, and there's one massive deal where they all come to the agreement that it's mostly a royalties deal, right? So anybody that's watched Shark Tank, you've seen royalty deals and things like that. So basically, the NFL, the superstars or players, uh, the NFL, NBA, WWE, all of them like that are getting royalties, both the companies and the people involved in the game. So every cornerback, linebacker, uh, quarterback, head coach, everybody's getting a piece if they are 3D molded and put into the game. There's varying royalties, right? Same thing with WWE. They're getting, WWE, the corporation, is getting a huge chunk of it, but they're also getting royalty checks every month. How much does it cost to develop a game like that? You'd be surprised how inexpensive it is. You can do it for about a million bucks. Because it's mostly a lot of 3D motion capture. And you're doing a lot of that with skeleton type guys that are giving you the foundation of the game. And then you're just painting textures and models on top of those movements and everything. That You have to do all of the mocap work. But that's, that's roughly the lion's share of your cost. It's not, they're not paying game developer types and artists a lot of money. They normally make money based on commission based on how much the game's how well they perform so it's very it's somewhat inexpensive now the marketing side of this the sales side of this is where it gets cutthroat and that's uh, you'll see even movie budgets they earmark however much it takes to make a, mo- a movie they take 100 percent of that value and bolt it on to the budget for the film just for marketing posters trailers all of that stuff right so you don't ever hear about that stuff, but they do the same thing in the video games, and arguably more for video games. They've they've spent a gigantic fortune 
marketing Final Fantasy VII Remake for the last few years. So, anyway, it's it's not as much as you would think to make it. They're not making as much as you would think they would, the superstars, I mean. Um, and it certainly didn't help that 2K20 flopped as bad as it did in October, and it came out as ugly as it did. And you could attribute a lot of that to the fact that you're paying your artists and your developers peanuts. You know, and the fact that they're just churning one out every year, you know, fast food style, all of them, all the franchises. So it's a shame kind of what's going on in the video game industry right now. You've pretty much got a few behemoths. You've got a lot of the little shops have gone away. You've got like the THQs of the world gone um, that were making a lot of these sports games back in the day. But yeah, uh, EA, Blizzard, that's about it. There's a, there's a few others, but it's the, mostly the big conglomerates now. They've gobbled up all the little studios. So, um, that's, that's about what I know about video games. There's a lot there that a lot of people never see. There's a lot that goes into making games that you'll never see. I know that I like to play them. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all you ever hear about is fans raging on Twitter about how this sucks and that sucks, but yeah. y- you don't see all of the, again, much like all many the, things, all the development, yeah. you don't see a lot of the blood, sweat and late nights that go into making sure that they hit <sighs> their release dates. Yeah, I know they get some brutal nights. Yeah. I know they get Before the, a game ever starts getting developed, a, a release date is decided on. Before they even know what the story is. They have a premise. They have log lines. They have a, a synopsis. And they pick a date. And then they start, okay, you need two years to do this. We'll give you $10 million and all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all that's decided in, in a meeting. So, and and then, it's, then it's on the, the little guys to make it happen. So. Well, all right. There you go. Uh, thank you, Dubstep Rob. Next up, Jonathan Malo, Mr. Anonymous himself. Uh, no questions, <laughs> simply salutations. You guys are just awesome in so many ways. The thank way you, you Nick, are just so tech-savvy and do such great work of putting the show together on so many platforms. Also, I love your gentle giant heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then you Aww. have Ian. His brilliant oh, no. wrestling mind and knowledge of the business is amazing. Oh, Ian, I wish I could shoot the shit with you on movies and all entertainment. Oh, Plus, I love how you can hold your liquor. <laughs> <laughs> he can. It's his job oh, to drink, job. basically, and job. take money from drunk people. <laughs> and and, talk and, and is that a good summary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, even though, studio, man. even though I'm in Florida, if I'm ever uh, in your side of the town, I'd love to go to your bar after all this crap is over. You guys rock. You're an Please, awesome tag bring team it together and play off each other very uh, well. To simply put it, you are the voice of my wrestling fandom. Oh, my God. Dear Lord, man. Oh, give me a fuck. Come here. Bring it in, Jonathan. Give us a hug. Talk about yourselves. Oh, so Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, man. Thank you so much, dude. Very cool of you. Nick, you're misty over there. I'm, no, I'm not. It's a little, little dusty in that room, I think. Yeah, it's it's just really uh, hot in here. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> glad I'm wearing glasses. Next up. <laughs> Josh. It's just steamy. Yeah. Steamy. Josh asks, love you, gentlemen. Keep fighting the good fight. Uh, you two are tasked to remake a horror movie. Ooh. What movie do you choose and who ooh. do you... Who do you cast? Oh, okay, hold on. Let me um, get comfy here. Hmm. <sighs> what Crap. horror movie would we like to see in a, 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 a treatment done on? Okay, so this is going to frustrate me because there was one I was watching recently that I was like, oh my God, this needs to be remade because 
this could be so much better. And I'm just, I know I'm going to space it. I know I'm going to space it right now. And I'm just going to have to come up with whatever comes to my head. But uh, what was it? Watching some, it might have been an 80s movie where I was like, damn, this is so, uh, such a great concept. But I want to see it done with like modern special effects and with all that they could do. Damn. And I'm, I'm, and I am completely spacing what it is right now. I'm going to have to go look and see. But I, um, so off the top of my head, the first thing that jumped to my head, and I don't know why, but the first thing that jumped to my head was Nightbreed, which is a Clive Barker film. Same guy who did, who wrote, directed Hellraiser. He wrote and directed another one. It was supposed to be his Star Wars, which is a weird thing to say, but in the sense that it was supposed to be big and epic and create a whole lore and everything. And it never quite came together as that, but it's a, it's a really cool monster movie, lots of prosthetic effects and everything. And I think they, they definitely need to keep the really cool monster makeup, but man, did this thing need a budget and way better special effects than were available at the time. Um, also you could tell that they were rushed in a lot of aspects of it. They recently released a director's cut. My God, is that a better movie? It's just a better. They they fill in so many plot holes. They make a more satisfying ending. It's far better. It's a really underrated horror movie. Um, it's a more of a monster movie than a monster action film than a horror movie. Um, but it does have some really like a serial. There's a serial killer in it. Um, played by all of all people, David Cronenberg. Oh wow! He plays the serial killer in it, which is crazy. Um, but you get like the main the main actor. I didn't know that. Uh, who was who was also in Hellraiser Five? He's a good guy. he's a good actor, um, but like really kind of like you know strong jock looking kind of guy. You could cast like a, a Chris Pine or a Chris Evans in that character. Like he's supposed to be like he's supposed to look like a good upstanding guy, but he has a dark side. Like get one of those guys, and then like somewhat like a heavy for the 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 serial killer, like a um, Jeremy Irons or a Gary Oldman would be perfect for it. A guy who can come across like he's your best friend and then turn around and be absolutely psychotic. Uh, Gary Oldman would be a great pick for that like considering where he is in his career. So if you wanted to do Nightbreed, um, Pumpkinhead, one of my favorite horror films, is... See, you're going about this completely different than how I, am I, going than I the, would. How are you going? How you're are you going, going about the one... So I want to go after the movies that are just you know, universally hated. Ghoulies. Okay. Like I want to take something that's awful, and you want to just completely redo it so that it's good. Yes. How do you uh, make I think, I think good? Esme, I don't know. We, that's a whole other conversation. Esme Critters brought, you could make good. Critter Chud you could make good. It nobody's allowed. No, nobody's ever yeah. allowed to touch Chud. Okay, no, so no, no, but it could be so much better if they remade it. it there is absolutely nothing wrong with Chud. I could say um, the same thing about Pumpkinhead, but I could also see them making a killer remake of it. I agree. But I, I'm looking at movies that did not do well or that are universally like lauded and just like a pan, pan. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. And just like let's go remake a good version of it. I th- Esme brought up the Crazies. I think that's a fantastic example. The Crazies remake was great. It was fantastic. Um. Uh. Timothy Duda, whatever his name is. Timmy Oliphant. Oliphant. That is a, yeah. such an underrated movie. Holy crap! That remake is amazing. Yeah. If you've um, not seen the remake, the first one was crap. The, the remake was fantastic. The, the Dawn of the Dead remake. The Hills had the... Actually, so the Dawn of the Dead remake isn't really a remake. It's people in a mall with zombies. Nothing to do with the original film. That's literally the only thing it has in common. But it's a fantastic film. Um, Hills Have Eyes is an absolute remake. 
where they take the original film, original Hills Have Eyes, that movie did not age well. No. It's not good. No. The remake, though, is uh, it is amazing. It's so vicious and so badass. Um, that's one that was a great remake. So, yeah, I see what you're. I see what you're saying with take like. But again, the original Hills Have Eyes. There's nostalgia to it where you go, oh, I like. I kind of like it until you see the remake. You don't realize how crap the first one is. You could remake Chud, and then people could go back and be like, wow, that original really was kind of crap, wasn't it? Yeah. Eh. 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 <laughs> just, that's like just saying say. you want to remake Extro. Nobody's ever allowed to touch Extro. But there, you can't make extra good, is my point. That's, that, that is the point. It's not, <laughs> it's not supposed to be oh, good. Life Force. Remake Life Force. I don't know that I ever saw that one. I, I that brought one it up a couple times on the show. It's always on, it's always on the edge of my brain. It's just being like a what-the-hell movie that fell through the cracks. Um, that, it, it's absolutely insane. And it's honestly a movie that, that it punches above its weight class as it is. But it's just such a jumble of what the actual hell. Um, I would I'd be very curious to see a modern like balls to the wall remake of Life Force. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't even know how to sell that movie. It's a zombie. It's a alien sex vampire zombie apocalypse film in Britain, directed by the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where Patrick Stewart has a cameo or like a. A sub part it's it's wild that movie is absolutely wild wow okay um one movie i've actually and this is not the one i was originally thinking of i still can't remember what the hell that was one movie i've always actually i've actually pitched i've done a pitch to remake um but just go completely insane is an old movie called werewolves on wheels about a werewolf biker gang and i pitched it as sons of anarchy uh, meets werewolves. Only it's the beginning of Mad Max. It's it's the it's oh it leads God. up to it leads up to the world ending. That the end of the movie, the apocalypse happens. Right, the the global apocalypse, and the only ones that will and you know the only ones that will survive are the werewolves on wheels. Are the are, the, are this m- werewolf b- biker gang. They're the only ones that sur- that will survive. But that's how the credits roll. Is like you knowing that the only people left in the, after this apocalypse is the biker werewolves. So yeah, that one. But that's that's a really obscure one. Sorry guys, I choked a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit of drink left and I choked on myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no, I'm gonna stick with the ones that were really bad. There was also a horror movie recently I saw. I think it was a Norwegian indie film. It was called Trolls, and it was about these giant trolls, and it was these hunters that Troll would hunter. go out. Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. Amazing movie. I thought it was fantastic, but I wanted more. Like, I wanted to see more there of... There was supposed to be a sequel. There was, I think right. there was one point talking about a sequel. So I, that's one where I'm like, no, pull the curtain back a little more. Let me see. Don't just depend on the unknown. Um, and that's, you know, a lot of horror movies do that and it's a way to do indie, indie horror, right? It's a, you, you show a little bit, but you don't reveal the whole thing because you can't afford to, frankly. But I mean, give some of these movies like some big proper budgets, uh, proper casting, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, we gotta get moving. Thank you. Yeah. Horror <laughs> movie podcast kicks again. in again. <laughs> it's real easy to do. 
Oh boy! Thank you, Josh. Uh, Next up, as we oh, Jeeber, Jeeber, Jeeber's Creepers. When are we remake Jeeper? Sorry, Jeeber's Creepers. Yeah, it was all right. Um, again, I think right. Make it better. Yeah. Make it so that it's uh, the problem is it's owned by the guy who wrote and directed it, the, uh, Victor Salva. He's a pedophile, so we're never going to get a good Jeeper Screepers, which sucks. Yeah. But. Oh well. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you, Josh. Uh, next up, Esme Booby Champ asks, "Hello, Pod Pod Witchers. I guess we're Witchers. Toss the coin to your Witcher." Um. I'm not going there. <laughs> so, a uh, Mr. Andy Jessup has been doing a massive binge of Raw, ECW, and WCW. I've watched yes, a few episodes with him on Discord, and you know what? It's actually really fun. That's 80s, awesome. early 90s wrestling was groovy AF. Yes, uh, the is. matches, the hair, the atmosphere, the fake Bill Clinton in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely uh. incredible. What are some of the things from that time you wish you guys wish could make a comeback in modern wrestling. Thanks for all you do and keep your own time ticking. Yeah. What are some things? Thank you, Esme. Thank you. What are some things from that time? I'm assuming early to mid '90s you're referring to here uh, that you guys wish could make a comeback in modern wrestling. The signs. I mean, yeah. I don't miss them because you know you know you couldn't see anything. People put up their signs, you can't see crap, so it kind of sucks for that. But it, damn, the, uh, oh, I got one. Flash photography. Whenever something happens, that whole crowd, everything was <laughs> flashes everywhere. It always made everything look epic. You go back and look at those old uh, big matches, and there's just flashes going off everywhere in the crowd. It makes everything feel like a big deal. Yeah, everything's phones that. now though. Everything's phones. It not wouldn't as, come back. Not as cool. Yeah. Nobody buys um, cameras like they used to. They just they have phones. <laughs> Everyone in the audience with a disposable camera. I hope this turns out right. And you get it back, and it's just like a little white dot in the middle. You're like, yeah. I think that's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> they were having a match. I think that's what I took. I, would, I agree with you on posters. If you go back and watch anything from the late 90s that's anything related to Stone Cold, Rock, DX, anything that would pop the crowd hard, you look around, and it's just a rabid sea of people every single one of them's got some kind of poster and it's it's completely different than it is today where it's just heads you know maybe the occasional I, phone or something like that that you see but yeah i miss them doing really experimental tournaments yeah. that was one thing um recently i watched a starcade and they had some absolutely crazy tournament rules <laughs> like you couldn't even wrap i can't even remember what they were they were so insane but it was one of those things that was you were sitting there trying to figure out it was like um while the match is going on you're like okay so if my dude wins this he's then gonna go and win this one and then i think he's in a lottery to then meet whoever wins over there so i don't want this guy to win but like you're sitting there trying to figure out how to book the damn thing while it's going on and that's keeping you entertained because your mind's going it's keeping you engaged. I kind of miss that as well. Um, I miss color. Yeah. We used to get a I lot more of it 20, 20, 30 years ago. Well, we get, we're still getting was, some today, but it's mostly due to accidents or in the most extreme of circumstances, yeah. one-offs. I, but. I'm not going to lie. Ruthless aggression turned me off to color for a long time because right. it, was, it was just bathed in blood. Yeah. Everything was just gushing blood. In the mid aughts, yeah, like until until the Benoit thing happened, like they were just going, they just there were some matches in that period that were some of the bloodiest I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, um, 
like the Dustin and Cody match, that was happening on a monthly basis. You know, you think about you think about some of the bloodbaths they had: JBL versus Eddie Guerrero, Brock versus Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, like Triple H, and, and anything. They were they were bleeding all over the place. I think it was the the, uh, the Flair interview with Austin that made me think of that one. He was saying that was he loved talking doing about, yeah. it. Well, <laughs> you don't say, Rick. <laughs> yeah, he he Rick had that, that white hair that would just beautiful get, blonde hair. Oh man, and it would look so good. All, you just have to get a little nick, just a little nick up there. You don't have to do too much, just enough to get a little red in the hair, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Whereas some dudes would just, you know, Abdullah the butcher themselves. Speaking of flair, you know, I I miss fun stuff. I miss fun gimmicks where they do things like a flare flop that put, that just makes the crowd go crazy. We don't have a lot of that kind of stuff anymore. I disagree. I think we got some fun gimmicks. Like what? Orange Cassidy. Okay. He's kind of new, freshly squeezed. Boogs. Um, Boogenhagen. Oh, Boogenhagen. Yeah. Boogen, 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 Boogen. Who, who I was very surprised not the to new, see on the list. The, the New Day. Yeah, good point. That's fair. That is fair. Thank you very much, Esme. Uh, she says, thank you for all you do. Keep your own time. Oh, I did read that. Thank you, Esme. Thank, thank you, you so one much, of the Esme. One of the stalwarts. Thank you for always being here, too. Wonderful. Nakazawa, thank you, Jay, in the chat. Nakazawa. Oh, yeah, good point. DD, just DDT in general. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. Next up, Andy Jessup, the guy that she was talking about. Thank you for hosting all those, by the way, Andy. That's a lot of fun. Kaiju, Kaiju Big Battle. <laughs> if wrestling were to end tomorrow and never come back. Oh. Oh, this is, this is Andy Jessup. Yes. Yes. Man, the man doing the work on the Discord, man. Seriously. If wrestling, guys, guys. you just broke my heart. Mm. If wrestling were to end tomorrow and never come back, would it be fair to say Chris Jericho was truly the greatest of all time over the likes of Flair or Stone Cold? Um, I don't put Stone Cold in the same camp as Flair. Uh, I think Jericho right now is making a very strong case to be the goat in a different way. He's uh, this is a weird thing um, to because I think I can't answer this question straight up. I, I I definitely put Stone Cold and Flair in different camps of greatness as you do, Nick. Yep. They're, they are the top of what they did in different aspects of the wrestling game. And Jericho is the same thing. So I don't think I can put any one of them above the other in a general sense. It had to be a specific sense. Um, but at this point, and this is a crazy reversal from where I was on him five years ago, um, I, I would definitely have to put Jericho in a, quote, greatest of all time mentionless conversation At, yeah it's he's he's absolutely in the conversation now he is absolutely like he was for a while there in ww getting a bit stale yeah and he still would have had a pretty incredible legacy and you could have looked at him and said he was truly a great wrestler but the work he's been doing over the last few years and the fact that he is nowhere near being done no. with the accolades that he has had with the matches that he's had the feuds that he's had, the gimmicks he's had, the guys he's wrestled, the length of his career, the gimmicks, the jokes, the all, everything that he's done. And he's not even close to being finished. The guys in his mid-40s and still going strong and has plenty left to give. Are you f 
freaking kidding me? They, they've been writing, and they're about to record another album. And he's going to tour yeah. again. Or he's touring again, I think. I mean, you he's absolutely in the conversation for GOAT. Um, at, at this point now, I, it's I a different, can't, really I different can't era. apples and apples compare Jericho no, exactly. to Ric Flair. And, and, and you can't, you just can't. There's only one Chris Jericho. There's only one Stone Cold. There's only one Ric Flair. And that's, that's why when people say, give me the greatest wrestler of all time, we did a whole hour and a half bonus episode breaking down why that was impossible. <laughs> uh, we did our Mount Rushmore a, episode. Is that yeah. what you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. And we had to be like, there's not there. You can't do one Mount Rushmore. No. You can't. There, it, we've been the business has been around for too long. There's too many people that have had absolute influence on the. And business. there's too many aspects. You, you can't there's just too many pick aspects four people. Yeah, too many aspects to yeah. it. Yeah, like like who has had a a better career, Undertaker or Jericho? You could look at title reigns. You could look at who they've faced. Yeah, you could look at what? classic yeah. classic matches. Like what are are we all of these together? How do you figure out which one's more important than the other? Yeah, there's is way too much. Yeah. But. But to, to to just try to put a cap on this question here, Andy, um, would it be say would it be fair to say that Chris Jericho was one of the greatest of all time? Yeah, I think I think we could make that argument. Absolutely, and I think point. if you added up all of his uh, all of his title reigns, he's probably going to be in there somewhere near where Flair says he's at. And in the Austin interview, he gave this little flippant. Stone Cold said, "You're the 16 time," and he goes, "Ah, eh, it's more than that." But whatever, it's, right. it's like he doesn't. Right. He doesn't care at it's this way, point. It's like in the 30s, like if you yeah. really were to get if down. If you add up but all like, of the individual little things, yeah. And, and I think Jericho's in the same boat. That's the thing about Flair that a lot of people don't understand is that it's not just that he was a good wrestler. It's not just that he was a good promo. He could talk butts into seats. It was what he did for the business. It was what, the, what his career did for the business. Yeah. And that's one thing where you look at Stone Cold – Stone Cold was the reason that the business was as huge as it was in the 90s. Yep. So on that metric, Stone Cold did some incredible stuff. His career did incredible things for the business. Jericho, is his career has done incredible things for the business. He's never had the crossover that Flair and Stone Cold have had, though. And I think that's one thing where AEW, if it does become more of a household name at any point, it's going to be on the back of Chris Jericho. It's it's a chance that Chris has to get that mainstream crossover that both Stone Cold and Flair have that Jericho doesn't quite have yet. Yeah, that's the one thing where they they, I think they've got him on. I don't know how many of them have made number one hit albums. Stone, uh, how many of them have had their merch sold in all over the world? You know, people. You yeah. walk around seeing a Stone Cold shirt in Beijing. You know, I, don't, I don't see a Y2J shirt over there. I mean, you, you could, but not on the level of... But of, you might see a Fozzie one. Uh, yeah. That's, that's my point. It's like different strokes, Relative right? scale. Relative scale. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not, you can't compare them. There's not just one. It's not like you can just say, like, Tom Brady is easily the greatest quarterback of all time because of nine Super Bowls and six wins sure. or whatever he has, right? So it's it's easy when you have it. everybody's aligned and you're all basing it all on the same stats. You can't have the same conversation with all of those guys. So in in, in wrestling, but, okay, I mean. okay. But a lot of people that don't watch football know who Tom Brady is. Sure. How many people that that don't watch football know who Walter Payton is? They also probably know who J.J. Watt is, but he ain't one shit. So I doubt they know who J.J. Watt is. If okay. people don't watch football, they do not know who J.J. Watt is, and that's kind of my point. That's actually exactly my point. All right. 
That's fair. Good question, Andy. Really good one. Uh, I do think Jericho will go down as as very remembered as much as Flair and Stone Cold, but for different reasons. Uh, next up, Marshall asks, Evening, fellas, when a wrestler leaves a promotion, they are given the opportunity to reinvent themselves. What is your favorite reinvention of a wrestler after leaving a promotion or fired from? And did it save their career? Thanks again for all you guys do to keep it 100 through this dark time. Thank, Thank you, you Marshall. Thank you very much, brother. Um, favorite uh, reinvention of a wrestler? I mean, the first one that popped to my head is Hulk Hogan. One of the greatest reinventions of all time. The Rock. N- NWO. Uh, well, he didn't leave the company, so that's not a fair. I can't say The Rock. Hogan's I mean, really that's good. the thing. Are, are we just talking about moving to another no, promotion? No, he says like, uh, when they leave a promotion and are given an opportunity to reinvent. So I, I can't say Okay, so going to another promotion. Yeah, not not leaving wrestling altogether. Correct. Or so leaving... They, okay, they had so to come Hogan, back. So Hogan's a good Rock one. The Rock kind of did. The Rock definitely reinvented Well, I was talking about the transformation between Rocky Maivia with the blue feathers into, you know, the people's champ. But that was within one promotion. That was exactly. them repackaging. So I, within, I'm disqualifying yeah. myself okay. from saying that one. Hogan's got to be a big one. Yeah. Going to WCW... Turning heel, one of the biggest heel turns of all time. To complete reinvention of his look, his style, his character, and it's one of the most epic reinvention stories ever. And you know, and then of course he came back to WWE, went back to his old thing, but it was still it was absolutely iconic the way that he did that. Uh, that's got to be a big one. Mick mm. Foley reinventing himself when he comes to WWE, they reinvented him. I mean, WWE reinvented a lot of guys who were one thing on the indies and then they came to WWE and they reinvented themselves. But Foley did it like he started off as Cactus Jack, but then came to WWE. Not only did he do Mankind, he also did Dude Love. So he double reinvented himself in WWE and every single, both of those gimmicks got over. Actually, you could say there's three. There's the original Mankind and then there's Goofy Court, like Goofy late era Mankind. It's kind of like three different gimmicks. He got over in WWE. So that's kind of a big deal. Gotta throw that out there. So what I'm focusing on here is the qualifier of they have to leave a promotion and go to another one. And then an actual reinvention, not just the same person. So I'm thinking of people that left and went to other promotions like Finn, AJ, Kurt... You know, people that have moved on to other things, but I'm like, yeah, they kind of just were the same people that they were before. Jericho, we were just talking about Jericho, who has reinvented yeah. themselves more successfully over the last 20 years than Chris Jericho. But he's now done it where he's left WWE, which was the nest for 20 years, and has gone over and reinvented himself again in New Japan and in AEW. It's still Chris Jericho, but it's a it's definitely a new take. It's a yeah. reinvention. Yeah. So yeah, you could absolutely throw Chris, Chris Jericho in this. Um. Trying to think who else. You know who's one who you could make an an argument for? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. You're going from UFC, you mean? Going to UFC. He tried to do football, tried to do US, tried to do (laughs) New Japan, tried to do UFC, successfully did UFC, and then came back. um, And, you know, it's. It's hard to say that he's a he has reinvented himself in WWE. He was always kind of the monster, but yeah, I don't know. Now he reinvented himself though, but he did because now he's a guy who's a legit shoot fighter. All right, so that's a reinvention where he comes back, and it's not just that he's Brock Lesnar, 
who's the monster who came out of OVW. He's Brock Lesnar who went out there and beat some of the most legit fighters in the world. Yeah. Straight up. So that's a bit of a reinvention. And then he took a, that's a big chance he took in his career, and he did it outside of WWE. He did it on his own terms. I think that counts. Yeah. All right. It's a good uh, one. Love to hear more of these uh, guys. Another one for a good thread in the discussion group. If you, Marshall, if you want to fire that up, that's a that's a fantastic conversation that could go on for weeks. There's a lot of opportunities out there that I think we have a lot. We and what happened this week? I think there's going to be a lot of this reinvention happening uh, over the next another few one. months. Go for another it. one. Daniel Bryan. Going from American Dragon Brian Danielson yeah. to vegan, you know, power to the people, yes movement, Daniel Bryan. That's whoo, that's a big distance. That's a big old distance. Knocking the head off Nigel McGuinness to, you know, flower power, plant a tree, shirt, you know, that's that's wildly different. Yeah, good point. That's a good one. Uh, thank you, Marshall. Next up, Brandon asks, what are your favorite faction slash tag team tag team betrayals and the most heartbreaking for you guys? Thank you, Brandon. Um, favorite tag team betrayals. Faction betrayals. I mean, you got to throw Seth in there for Oh, the, the shield. shield has got to be one of the top ones. Um, the Hardys breakup was rough. Edge and Christian's breakup. I was so mad at Christian when he couldn't. They, they were in Toronto. And he concertoed the crap out of Edge for like 10 minutes. Beat the shit out of him with a steel chair when they finally broke up. I was so mad because I loved Edge and Christian as a tag team. Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, you got to throw that one in there. Recency bias, but also a really good one. No, I'm, talking uh, about, I'm going back to the DIY. I mean, that's yeah, three years ago about. at this point. Still. still no, I mean, we've been <laughs> through a lot since that happened. Years, <laughs> 50 years. Yeah, come on, it man. It still hurts, Tommaso. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, Steen Generico in 09 oh, was a great one. That, that was a oh, great yeah. one. Uh, Brett and Owen, Brett and Owen breaking up was a brutal one. Um, the, I mean, going back to my childhood, Orndorf turning on Hogan, that son of a bitch. Oh. Um, the mega powers breaking up, even though I was on the other, I was on the wrong side of that one. I was on macho man's side. I always say this, but the mega powers breaking up. That one ruined my childhood. Oof. That one pissed me off as a kid. I got to throw that in there as an emotional one. Um, did the Outlaws uh, have a breakup? I don't even remember if, or if they just kind of... The New Age Outlaws? Yeah, yeah, they did. I don't remember. Absolutely. They, that's, why, that's how do you think you got Mr. Ass? I just don't when remember. Billy Gunn was on his own. I wonder if I, I just started... I knew they broke up, but I mean, yeah. like, I didn't remember it, it making it a it dramatic wasn't. breakup. Yeah. I mean, I, had, kinda, I, had, yeah. I think I had stopped, moved on at that point. Ain't nobody went through a barbershop window. I'll put it that way. Right. right. It wasn't. It wasn't emotional like that. It uh, wasn't still, Tommaso still, Ciampa throwing you into the LED boards, and after you I had still, just had an epic fight Hogan with AOP. Macho backstage screaming at each other while Miss Elizabeth's in the bed, like "Stop it, you two. Yeah. In the in the hospital in the in the, in the medics room. Um, the mega powers might J be the best one. James Storm and Robert Roode, uh, beer money breaking up in TNA was yeah. a good breakup. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a that was a good one. People were pissed. They blew they blew the feud afterwards. They, that's actually I think what makes me the most mad about it. They they screwed up the feud after that. But that was a really good breakup. It was beer money had a good breakup. Um, yeah, that's a bunch of them. That's a bunch of them. Yeah. Michael's kicking Janetti through the window. That, that's that, the best one. It's I mean, got, that's that it, really there, good. Does it get any better? I don't know. I, I'm I'm still very and it could be recency bias. I'm still very high on Seth turning on the Shield because. 
You talk about getting punched in the mouth and extremely well executed, not only involving the shield, but also Triple H with the sledgehammer and the whole always have a plan B and the rise of the authority and all of that stuff. I mean, it it was so, there was so much going around it um, that it it just made it that much more impactful. And you just, your heart went out to Dean and Roman because you were just like, God, they're never going to get it back after this. And they did. They both are Grand Slam champions now. Yeah. Dean's uh, someone just reminded me Nakamura AW. forming chaos, but then Gato turning on Okada. Oh, is a great, that's a great betrayal. Listen, the Bucks turning on Prince Devitt. Yeah. And and AJ coming in. I mean, well, Devitt turning Devitt and, and initially. I guess technically uh, Devitt turned on the Bucks, and they just said, like, they were like, no, fuck you, and they were just like, super <laughs> kicked the shit out of him, and and AJ comes in and takes over, right? I, uh, I was going to say, initially, Devitt, Devitt, Devitt turning on Taguchi. De- Devitt turning on Taguchi is one of the greatest of all time. That gave us Bullet Club. Gato turning, Gato turning on Chaos and Gato. going over to Bullet Club with Jay White. Jay, oh, son of a bitch. There's some good ones in New Japan, man. Some good ones. Yeah, they do. Yeah, really yeah. good ones. Ooh, Ke- oh, Kenta. I miss New Japan. <laughs> Tearing my heart out, Kenta. Turning on Shibata. Uh, Son of a bitch. All right, let's bring it home. We're gonna, we got to get good. out of here. I got to go all make right. some dinner. It's all right, go almost do it. 7 o'clock on the East Coast. All right, come on. Uh, thank you very much, Brandon. That was a good one. Uh, I love talking about that kind of stuff. Kyle Cotton asking us here at the end. Uh, after being in lockdown for a few... Oh, God. You guys are going to hate me after this one. <clears throat> oh, no. After being in lockdown for a few weeks, I finished the Final Fantasy VII Remake. You finished it? With that in mind, if you were to remake the game with wrestlers, who would you cast for each of the roles? <laughs> oh, God. We might be here for um, an hour. Um, well, Big, Big E has to be Barrett, obviously. Easily. Um, so you've got Cloud Strife, you've got Barrett, you've got Tifa... You've got Jesse, Biggs, and uh, Wedge. Um, and and, and um, Sephiroth, I guess. Sephiroth, obviously Kenny Omega. Of course. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's built his whole career around it. You've got to give it to him. Um, you have to give it to him. Well, I mean, I, I'm hap- I'll, I'll go out here and say I'm in like chapter four, chapter five. I'm not loving it as much as I want to. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it. I'm going to see it through. Mainly because I paid $60 for the MFR. <laughs> and I've been sitting around waiting for five years for this shit. So I, I'm, I, I miss the turn-based combat system. But that's another conversation. Can't you um, turn it on and off? You can, you can make no, it turn-based, can't you? Not really. You no. Oh, you can control right. the limit breaks, but that's... I don't know because I ain't spending 60 bucks on video games right now. Yeah. I'm not. Um, I've got my video games. I've got the ones I'm playing. I'm, I've got Borderlands 3. I've got like... 800 hours left in Borderlands 3. I'm fine. Well, I'm I, run fine. An, I run an entertainment company, so it's my duty to uh, get them and play them. Duty. <laughs> uh, who would we cast? All right, so, yeah, Big E is Barrett. Who's Cloud? <sighs> Daniel Bryan? Who's a, no, no, let's, let's play the character out, not the looks. Who... So Cloud's role is a mercenary. You're, you're, you're getting me a little out of my depth here because I have a confession to make. I've played Final Fantasy VII once in 1998. <laughs> the only thing I know about that game is just the pop culture stuff that I've picked up since then. Yeah, I played it once. It was fine. 
I didn't have any emotional attachment when Aerith died. I didn't give a crap. Um, Sephiroth was cool, I guess. Sorry. Hate me if you want. I'm a Final Fantasy 2 guy. Or 3 if you're international. That's my jam. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I, liked, I liked 10 the best. I liked 8 better than I liked 7. I think 10 is probably so my favorite. What I'm saying built on is, a lot of the stuff from 7. I don't remember these characters so good. Yeah. Uh, I've got like a basic guy. I remember, kind of remember Tifa. She was spunky. She was cute. Here, I'll do this uh, real quick. Uh, Cloud is Seth Rollins. Tifa is... That's the first hit I got on him, too. Tifa was is kind of a Seth Shirai. Um, what? No. She, she, she was evil now. She, she's more Kyrie Sane, isn't she? Fine. I'll give you Kyrie Sane. Uh, okay. Barrett, sure, Biggie. Um, Biggie's got to be Biggie. I remember Barrett. It's one of the things I remember. Wedge... Oh, Otis Dozovich. Uh, Biggs. <laughs> Biggs is like Snake. Which is which one was Biggs? In the new game, he's got like a red bandana. He looks like Solid Snake. And I was just like going, come on, guys. He's ripping off. Drew McIntyre. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, that's about all of them. There, there's some other ones that I've yet to discover, but. There's Roche. There's some of the other soldiers in the game and things like that. But eh, I'm just I'm not <laughs> loving it as much as I wanted to love it, and I'm mostly disappointed. And that's oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. There was a there was the one NXT wrestler, Jack 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 Jacksvix. I forget his name because it's an Alexander Jacksick. Alexander Jacksick. I just got it. Alexander Jacksick. I posted this in the Facebook discussion group. If you haven't checked it out. Uh, the dude looks like he was ripped out of a Final Fantasy game. It's unreal. You you would think when you see this picture of him that it's actually a digitally created mock-up of a human being. It doesn't look real. The dude has like Tanahashi-level flowing locks. They're down to his ass. He's got abs that are the size of my fist, each one, gigantic pecs, and he just he dresses like a Final Fantasy guy. He looks like that guy could play Sephiroth in his sleep. He's actually probably too jacked to play Sephiroth, but he looks like a Final Fantasy character. You want to cast a wrestler as a Final Fantasy character? There he is. He's yeah. on the open market. Go cast him. He's, he needs work. Go talk to him. Yeah. I think he was trained by Santino Morella, too. So he's, so he, <laughs> anyway, there you go. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you very much to Kyle. And uh, yeah, thank you to all of our patrons, especially shout out to everybody in chat. Thank you guys for joining us for Can this episode. Can we cast episode. Chrono Trigger? Let's cast Chrono Trigger. I love Chrono Trigger is way better than any Final Fantasy game. <gasps> I said it. I said it. Sorry, on, go ahead. On that bombshell. It's <sighs> true. Hot take. Thank you guys for joining us today. BWOPodcast.com. Sign up at Patreon.com slash BWO. It's the best way to support the show. Follow us on all the social media, and you can find links to all of this stuff in the description below here on YouTube or pinned across our social media profiles. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. Secret of Mana. My name is Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.